Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Welcome back to the sixth week of the I Thirst follow-up here with Father Jacob Shea. Today's topic will be about holy tradition or sacred tradition. We have to understand what the word tradition means. Every time we are talking about a huge concept, we always have to start with the definition of it. And thus, we see Latin is really important because it gives us the root meaning of this word tradition. In Latin, the word traditio means to hand something over. Traditio means to give something over. Thus, you have, for example, your father is going to give something over to the son. Hand on this family tradition down. And so he has to teach the son this family tradition of this. Or the mother has to hand down the family tradition of making turkey on Thanksgiving. Or whatever it is, you know, for family traditions on Christmas. To make hot cocoa, you know, this is our family tradition on Christmas. These are things that we hand down. Now, what is sacred tradition, right? It's not handing down hot cocoa or, you know, turkeys or whatever it is, right? Those are just, you know, family traditions on a natural level here. We're talking about sacred tradition. Obviously, when you're talking about sacred sacred tradition, you're handing down holy things or eternal things. Thus, when we have our Lord, He is the one who gave us sacred tradition. He handed down everything that He heard from the Father. And this should blow our minds away because He says, Everything that I have from the Father, I give to you. That's basically what He said because He did that on the cross. He poured out His whole being to us. He gave us every ounce of blood. Everything which I have heard from the Father... I give to you. Everything which I have from the Father, I give to you. This is the infinite love of Jesus. So our Lord has handed down everything to us from the Father, the secret mysteries of the Father, of the mysteries of the Trinity, of the sacraments, of all the amazing teachings of the church. All these eternal truths have been handed down. Thus we see that tradition is so beautiful because it is the reception of traditional, beautiful, eternal truth that never changes. So here we see that tradition can never change because the eternal truths that are handed down never change. We just keep it the same. That is, we hand down what we have been given 
all the way back to the apostles who got it from Jesus himself. So thus Jesus handed down the mystery of the resurrection to the apostles. The apostles, right, they taught their disciples, who taught their disciples, and then we receive this beautiful doctrine of the resurrection that will be the resurrection of our bodies, right? All of us will resurrect on the day we know this this will happen because we handed that information that beautiful truth down we got that from our lord thus tradition is our pathway to jesus because he gave it to us through many different people and the apostles and their disciples etc all the way down to us thus we have all the truths of the church given to us by sacred tradition we have to really see that sacred tradition, some people have tried to attack. And they say, for example, tradition can be changed, right? Just like you can change a tradition of Christmas, you know, and we won't drink hot cocoa this Christmas, we're gonna drink Coke, you know, instead. You know, you can just change your tradition. It's gonna be Christmas Coke, okay? So here we see that it's impossible to change eternal truth. If you really think about it, can you change something that is forever? The word eternal means forever. So if you change it, it's not forever anymore, right? If we just use our common sense, can you change eternal truth, right? The answer is no. Can you change two plus two is equal to four? No, we cannot, right? Can we change the fact, you know, of any eternal truth? No, because it's forever. It's eternal. The fact that you say that it can be changed means that it's actually not eternal anymore. And so we see truth is truth, right? That's what makes it truth. Truth is not changeable because it is forever, just like, again, two plus two is equal to four. Thus, when we see tradition, we see that the eternal truth of tradition can never change, and we must keep it immaculate, right, from our Lord. It is pure and beautiful, and all the teachings we have, and a lot of them are contained in the Bible, are sacred tradition from our Lord. Now, according to the Protestants, and especially the Lutherans, we see that all that we need to know eternal truths is the Bible. So they have this doctrine called sola scriptura, which means only the Bible is needed, right, to have the truth that comes from Jesus. This is actually not true, because in the Bible itself, right, it says that there are things that we have which have been handed down which are not written in the Bible, okay? So you can also see that where is the outline of what books are in the Bible. Is there a table of contents in the Bible to tell you which books are in the Bible? That was not written, right? So how do you know which books are in the Bible? You only know it because it was handed on to, down to us by sacred tradition. Thus, the Bible cannot be the source of all the truth. There is something besides the Bible which tells us which books are actually in the Bible? The Bible doesn't tell us that, right? The book of Genesis does not tell us the book of Revelation is in the Bible or that the Gospels are in the Bible. Or even the Gospels, they do not tell us which books are in the Bible, right? Who tells us? Sacred tradition, which is, of course, guarded by Holy Mother Church. Thus, we have two fountains of eternal truth, two sources of eternal truth. The Bible, which is sacred scripture, and then sacred tradition. 
These are the two fountains of beautiful truth that come down to us. We need both of them, right? Protestants, they say, nope, no tradition, because as soon as they say, tra- if, as soon as they say tradition, then they have to become Catholic, <laughs> okay? Because here, this is what Luther did not want. He did not want anything of the Catholic Church. He just wanted the Bible. That's why you have the Bible, you know, people who are just like, Bible's all we need, Bible's all we need, Bible's all we need. But actually, it falls flat on its face because you can't just use the Bible. There are a lot of things in the Bible that we need to know that are not in the Bible. For example, the canon of the Bible. <laughs> we don't know what books are in the Bible except somebody outside of the Bible told us. Right? And thus, we have sacred tradition too. So, here, the other thing besides is that sacred tradition must also be expressed This is where people get confused, where they say, for example, tradition is dynamic, right? Dynamic means change, right? But this is, again, a very, 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 very deceptive formulation. You know, tradition is dynamic and alive. It's a living tradition, right? And when they say that, they're like, well, that it can change, right? (laughs) Okay? And so basically here, tradition of the church, you know, they have changed, they have changed, they have changed. But again, we have to see that there is a very important distinction. We have this notion of the development of doctrine, which is given to us by um, St. John Henry Cardinal Newman. And he has a book called The Development of Doctrine. However, it's not the development of the doctrine itself so that the eternal truth is developing. What's developing is our formulation, how we express the doctrine of the church. So the formulation of how we express the unchanging doctrine of the church has been honed and honed and honed and honed over the course of history. So for example, the doctrine of the Trinity has been given to us way from the beginning of Holy Mother Church. There's always been the doctrine of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But the formulation of it didn't really come about until later, where we said there's three persons in one God. So the person, right, the notion of the divine person, that was still there, but it was kind of this idea that wasn't formulated precisely by the word person. Person was a word that was introduced by philosophy. And thus, here, the philosophers, they used this word, and then the theologians, they said, wow, this word person, it actually captures what we need in order to describe the Trinity, right? Three persons in one God. Or, for example, the doctrine of transubstantiation, right? Here, all the Catholics from the beginning knew that the bread became the body of Christ, but we did not always describe it as transubstantiation. This is words that came out of Thomistic theology and philosophy. And so here, when we use the language of Aristotle to say the substance of the bread becomes the substance of Jesus' body, then here we use this new word, which really clarifies our thinking. This is the doctrine of transubstantiation. We always believed in the concept, but we didn't have the word to put onto it to make it clear what this idea is, the change of substance from one thing to another, transubstantiation. Thus, we do have a development of our formulation of the mysteries, but the mysteries 
and the mystery itself and the belief in the mystery have always been the same and that has been handed down and we also hand down what we have of all the truths of our Lord and the formulation then becomes clearer and clearer and clearer by the grace of God and because he gives us saints and doctors of the church like St. Thomas in order to help us understand these beautiful mysteries in a clearer language. Thus, we have to thank God for sacred tradition and always keep to what our Lord has given us. Amen. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.